It's time to go off-road 4x4 again, and Vili is back with me. Vili, great to see you again. Hi, thanks to you. Thanks for having me again. I must admit, the last couple of weeks have been so interesting. It's something that, you know, I have no reference to, and um, I'm beginning to itch now to <laughs> maybe go and experience a little off-roading. Yeah, well, it's about time that we go <laughs> and do a practical session uh, but we've still got a little bit more theory to cover. Oh, okay, great. Well, before we go on, um, I think probably just for listeners who've not listened in, to recap from our previous episode, we spoke about how to actually use acceleration to communicate with your vehicle and allow the ABS system to manage the traction control. This is now if you use electronic traction control. Correct. You suggested that most people will, when they have a wheel in the air, lift their foot off the accelerator and then accelerate to match, whereas the ideal technique would be to keep the system engaged. You want to keep talking to your vehicle at very low revs, not more than perhaps a thousand RPMs, so that you tell the vehicle that you wish to move forward and then the traction control can begin to do its work. Yes, that's more or less it's in a, it in a nutshell. I think there's a lot more practical practice that needs to go into it. Of course. Yeah. But for, for the sake of the radio, that's, uh, that's more or less it, yes. It's easier <laughs> said than done. <laughs> Correct. And the only way to really learn is to go and do it and practice like we covered last week as well. Um, I think the next part we need to move into, and we can just fall into it, you might here as well that I get passionate about this subject um, and I wish our listeners could actually see me uh, use my hands and try and describe to you because it's really something you need to visualize as well um, and that's our, our contact point with the ground. All right. Now we've talked about the different 4x4 systems, the traction control, but all of that, how is that translated into forward movement or contact with the ground? Uh, what, how do you think that is? Well, I would, no, I'm, it is obviously the contact with the ground. I mean, Which is? the less, it's your tire. Your tires. Touch point. Correct. Yeah. So where your tires are touching the ground, that's where your vehicle has uh, grip or what we call traction. Mm. Now, traction has three components uh, it's weight uh, the surface itself the surface condition or the surface resistance and um, the the third option there is your uh, surface area that's touching the ground so those are your three components of traction now the first component weight you do have some control over if you would have seen a farmer getting stuck on a farm road, how does he usually have a quick solution to getting forward again when he when his vehicle is is spinning on a on a gravel road or a obstacle? Everybody jumps off the back and helps to push. I'd or all the guys jump on the back and oh. they add more weight to the back and sometimes they even bounce a bit to add more weight temporarily which then gets the vehicle going forward and it adds that traction. So that weight you do have some control over, 
But in most of our cases, it's, we don't have full control over the weight. The weight of your vehicle, especially when you're going off-road. It's a fixed. It's, it's relatively fixed. It's not a variable. Yes. It's a constant. The second component of traction is then your surface uh, conditions or your surface resistance. Now that we have some control over, so your surface conditions would, or resistance would be whether it's gravel or sand. It's basically what's between your tire and earth. Mm. So if it's tar, you've got a lot of grip because that doesn't move. Um, if it's sand, there's not a lot of grip because the sand moves quite easily. And then everything in between, including mud, snow. So those conditions... We do have some control over because you can choose the route that you're going to drive, but it's also limited. In some cases, you can't, you have to cross a sandy section, for instance, to get to the other side, um, or a muddy section, or anything like that. Or so water, you, or, or yeah. water, slippery rocks, mm. etc. So you do have limited control, but you don't have full control over it. The third component of traction is the surface area that touches the ground. And that is one of the aspects that we have full control over. Mm -hmm. So firstly, a lot of people say, well, I, I put bigger tires on. Um, yes, to an extent that does make a small difference, but like we covered last in last week's topic um, with Gary was a small t a wide tire and a narrow tire at the same tire pressure has more or less the same footprint. Yes. Um, thinking of a narrow tire will have a little bit longer footprint than a wide tire because of the spread of the weight of the vehicle. Because the vehicle weighs literally the same. weighs the same. Yeah. So it, it pushes down and that narrow tire then just sort of squishes. Yeah, and it lengthens in out the length, a little yeah. bit. Yes. So it, it makes up in the length what the other one has in the width. Already has in the width, which spreads the makes weight. Makes sense. Okay, so there's not a huge difference between a wide and a narrow tire. Mm. Um, a lot of guys make the mistake, actually, and say, well, we, we have bought bigger tires and we don't need to deflate because um, there's a couple of misconceptions which we'll cover, cover later on. But the way to increase your footprint is to deflate your tire. I see. And that's one of the basics mm. of off-roading that everybody needs to know. <laughs> um, I always say off-roading or 4 by 4 is 10% knowledge or training, which you hopefully are learning something during, the, during these sessions. So that will help you. 20% common sense which can be taught, uh, but a lot of people have it, so you can, you can just use it. <laughs> <That's rare. laughs> but it needs to be used because you need to think about things yeah. before doing it and can't just do. And what is the remaining 70%? Experience. No. That's you just the 10% knowledge and training that I was talking about. 20% common sense. The remaining 70% is tire pressures. All right. That's it. And as an example, I find it a lot of times that you'll see somebody, even with experience, sitting on an obstacle and they are getting not, well, I wouldn't say stuck, but they're just sitting and spinning and spinning and not 
getting across the obstacle. And nine out of ten times I would say, I would see and I would notice that they haven't deflated their tires properly. And I would go and attempt that same obstacle and just deflate my tires properly. And I would crawl up that obstacle, look like a euro, but the main thing is just having the deflated. The principle was to deflate the tire. Correct. Okay. And you'll, you'll find that it's just much easier to get to a lot of places because your 4x4 does not need to work as hard when it's got more grip. Now, there's a, there's a way in which your tire actually changes shape when you deflate. And we'll still cover which tire pressures for which scenarios and everything else. But it, it's important to visualize what your tire does when it deflates. And we'll try and post a video for you guys maybe on how, how that it changes. But think about it. The, what do you think? How do you think your tire shape changes? Um, do you think it's mostly width? Do you think it's length? And how does it change when you deflate your tire? Well, for me, not having the experience, I just think it becomes, it's more flexible, obviously, in the sense that if, if I have to use the example of going over rocky terrain, for example, Correct. Okay. That, that sort of malleability where you'll edit. Yes, yes it's pliable and it's it sort pliable of bends it over the rock and, it, and gives. And it maintains yes. a contact, um, but also has enough give, as opposed to a hard thing that, that sits on only the high points and, and you, you don't have grip. That's totally correct. But we've got to start basic at the basics to say, well, mm -hmm. if your car is standing flat on the ground, how does that footprint change um, of a single tire if you're going to deflate it? So if you take your tire from 2.4 bar, which is usually around the road pressure, and you deflate it to one bar. For me, the obvious thing is when you see someone as a flat tire, it, it bubbles. On the sides. So on the sides it bubbles. So it's got width added. Okay. And I don't know, presumably it lengthens as well. The whole thing sags. You know, yes, so what, your what, what most people don't realize is the width doesn't really change that much. It might be maybe a couple of centimeters on, on either side, if that much. Mm -hmm. But where your footprint changes the most and it can change by up to three times is the length of your yes. tire, that's the length of rubber that's touching mm. the ground. Now, if you think about if you had to increase your grip with the ground by three, how steep you can climb up a hill, for I instance. I can imagine. So all of us, when you're walking up a steep grassy slope, for instance, what is the first thing you do if you start slipping is you put down your hands. You're increasing your... So now you're increasing it from two points of contact to, to four, four. Po points of contact. And if it becomes really steep, you can start... You go on your knees. You go on your knees <laughs> and then you can go on your belly <laughs> and crawl up. That's just... You're creating the, f the surface area of your body with the ground to create that traction to get up the, the surface. And the same counts for your vehicle. So the bigger your surface area that's in contact with the ground the more grip you have and the more steep uh, 
climb you can achieve with that same vehicle. You understand that concept more or less. So the, there are some common misconceptions re related to this. The first one was the, with the wide and narrow tire at the same pressure. Um, so the other one is that if you deflate your vehicle, you lose height. So a lot of people are reluctant to deflate their tires because then their, their, their diff in the middle of their vehicle will be closer to the ground. But if you think about it, what, what, is, your, what is your view of, if you, if you look underneath your vehicle, where is the lowest part under normal circumstances? Well, I would imagine it's in the middle of the vehicle. Um, you know, you've got your exhaust or these bits of mechanical structure that, that always seems to stick out in the bottom, not the sides. Yes, and I would actually go and challenge our listeners to go, or maybe afterwards, go out and have a look at their vehicles and see that the whole underside of your vehicle between your two tires is actually low or relatively low. Yes. And most 4x4s having a, a solid diff somewhere, that'll be the lowest point. Yes. But then if you have a look at the rest of your vehicle in line with your tires, you will notice from that From front to from rear. From front to yeah. rear. So in line with the, your tires, you'll notice that that's actually, the bodywork is much higher. That's where you've got clearance. And that's where you've got clearance. Although manufacturers these days, they put a step there to enable people to be climbing in and out comfortably. Mm. But if you take that step away, you, still you actually gain. find that that clearance is much higher than the underside of your vehicle is yes. in most cases. So just having that deflated tire actually enables your vehicle to climb over higher rocks. So your obstacle <laughs> should be approached with a with a with a tire yes so that's why we say in our in our four so by then four it doesn't driving, really matter whether you you, you always, know you always when put you your, deflate correct so you always put your tires on the highest ground exactly. so you pick the high rock and you put your tire onto it so the highest rock that your vehicle can clear in line with the tire but that makes um, sense because if you put your tire next to that then you riding into that well, if you clear, if that same rock is in the middle of your vehicle, you're obviously, riding into it with the low part. Yes, yeah. but obviously you would also want to try and avoid it if possible. Of course. But a lot of times that's not possible. If that's your route. So if that's your route and there's a big rock in the middle, the logical thing, the common sense to use is then to put your wheel on top of that rock. Um, so that actually negates the fact that you don't have that clearance in the middle. Coming back to our point where the misconception is that you lose clearance in the middle when you deflate. So a lot of people would say, well, okay, now I lose the clearance. Okay, that's, a, that's something that I can make up with putting my wheels on the higher ground. You can actually do that better with deflated tires. If you think about a hard tire folding over or not being able to fold over a rock. Correct and a soft tire actually folding over that rock and giving you much more grip. Um, another thing that's hard to visualize, which I'll try and explain to you, is that if you've got a hard tire, if you can just make a fist with your one hand, mm -hmm. and you put your palm straight with, with your other hand 
next to your fist with maybe just touching your one knuckle. Yes. Okay. You'll see that that angle that your tire needs to climb is about 45 degrees. So your vehicle is at a far more precarious angle. Yeah, so apart from the contact being small and not having a lot of grip, that angle is 45 degrees that it needs to climb. Yeah. Now take your hand and just fold it over your fist. Now you've deflated, you've been more pliable and malleable. Yes, yeah, so you've got more surface area now your vehicle gripping that rock. But tips also, down. now if you look at the angle between your finger fingertips and the base of your palm, that's half your initial angle already. Yes. So your vehicle now has a lesser angle that it needs to climb, which makes it easier, apart from the fact that you've got more grip. So just having that proper deflated tire, being able to fold over the rock, makes it much easier to gain that clearance in the middle of your vehicle by using the high ground. Yeah, that makes sense, especially... Having now used the the knuckle test, <laughs> yes, Billy's knuckle test. <laughs> so that's one example. Um, and then another common misconception is that you are more likely to cut a sidewall on a soft tire than a hard tire. Now, having just talking from experience, having driven a lot of kilometres on off-road tracks with properly deflated tires I've never had the misfortune of cutting a tire mm -hmm. and I'll tell you one reason it's also common sense why I think that is so the only real time you risk cutting your sidewall is if you have a real pinch point but if you put your tire onto the rock properly it most probably won't pinch on the rim side mm -hmm. But when you cut a sidewall, it's usually when you have a sharp rock sticking out from the side and you have a your wheel spinning next mm. to it. Now, if you think of a hard balloon and a soft balloon. I was just thinking of that. Which is easier to puncture. Yeah, the hard balloon. The hard balloon is much easier to I mean, you just pin prick it and cut. it goes. But a soft balloon will always give a bit. Exactly. The same with a tire. If you go slowly next to that sharp rock, It'll sort of fold it'll over it. roll past. And it'll give. Yeah. But now, what happens if your tire pressures are high? Your vehicle is also more likely to spin the tire. And then there's that the same speed of the spin plus the sharp rock Correct. and the hardness of the surface. So you are actually more likely to cut your sidewall by not deflating your tire than by deflating your tire. You must just and that's also something, it. That, something that a lot of experienced guys have that misconception and they are afraid to deflate the tires because they, they don't want to risk cutting a sidewall on the expensive tires mm. that they've just fitted to their mm. vehicle. Um, so those are some of the misconceptions. There are some risks associated with really properly deflating your tires, um, one of which is the tire de-beading. Now... To explain to you what that means is your tire actually climbs off the rim, the edge of your tire. When it's too inflated, when deflated. When it's too deflated. Mm. Now that hardly ever happens. I think in my whole off-roading career it's maybe happened to me twice. And each time you're able to put it back on quite 
quite easily, especially if you're going slow and you're not going too fast. Um, the thing is to, when it happens, just immediately stop and then try and do the repair and inflate it and push it back onto the rim. It'll pop back on with the proper inflations. Um, but it only happens in extreme cases. If you turn your wheels very sharply on a downhill um, and you are leaning against that edge of the tire, it might climb off. But then that's also something we teach people is when you're going downhill, you're not turning your wheels very sharply. You are actually giving small steering movements. Uh, the, only, the other risk is that there might be sand or debris that gets into that bead and your tire gets a slow leak. Mm. Um, a lot of times you can always also just wash it out, deflate the tire a little bit more, wash it out, and then a little bit of maintenance needed, but then it's easier to, to get it back on again. So just to interrupt quickly, I've got two questions for you. Sure. The first one is, how would you know how much to deflate? Um, is that something that's sort of based on the terrain that you're attempting? And then secondly, how will you know when you have this problem where you have, what do you call it? De-beading. De-beading, where the tyre actually climbs off no, the Or limb. you'll know de-beading immediately because the, the whole tyre will go flat, all the air will go out. No, but for a novice like me, <laughs> what, what are the symptoms? What, how do you know? Is there someone standing normally in difficult always, terrain outside? It's always good observing? practice when you're, having, when you're doing especially difficult tasks um, to have somebody outside watching your vehicle. But when a tire de-beats, you'll usually hear a pop and a oh. loud hiss okay. as all the air escapes. Oh, so, right. so it's quite obvious um, but it is something to look out for. So let's just talk quickly about how do we know how much to deflate? And, and that's, the, that's the magic question, actually. Now, if you go on a lot of 4x4 courses, um, you'll have different tire pressures for different conditions. And they will tell you for rocky terrain, it's 1.2 bar. And for mud, it depends on how deep the mud is. If it's very deep mud, your tire needs to float on top, so it needs to be softer, so 0.7 bar or 0.8 bar. If it's shallow mud, your tire needs to be hard and cutting through the mud to get to the shallow hard ground underneath, so then they'll recommend 1.4 bar. Um, if it's sand, your tire needs to be as soft as possible, so 0.8 or 0.7 bar. Now, Yes, that might be the correct way to approach it, but we've just found in practical terms, when I go out on a trail, I encounter at least three or four different type of terrains. Mm. And it doesn't make sense trying to deflate or inflate your tire You just spend all time. your time. Correct. So we've basically got three recommended tire pressures that we recommend. Firstly, our first pressure is your road pressure. Now, taking into consideration, it's really important to know that this is all based on a 33-inch tire on a 17-inch rim with a 70 profile. And we'll talk later about how we can adjust that tire pressure for different profile tires. Mm -hmm. But it's important to know that because we can't just have the same pressure on every profile. The 70 profile tells you how high the sidewall is. Yes. Now, the higher your sidewall is, the more you can deflate. 
and the lower your sidewall is like a low profile of tire, the less it's not you a lot can, of space the before you, you got the rim on the on the ground. So we'll talk about how we can adjust that for the different profiles. But on that standard off-road profile tire, your on-road pressure is usually about between 2.2 to 2.4 bar. And that's fine. That's your on-road pressure. You can travel at 120 kilometers on that. Your gravel road pressure. So if you're going to do a long-distance gravel road, you would want to deflate your tires a little bit. So firstly, as soon as you go on a gravel road, you should already put your vehicle in 4x4. Four 4x4 four. Four four mode, and I know I'm getting long-winded about this because it's a really no, it's long fine. topic, but 4x4 four four mode gives you more control over the steering of your vehicle. A lot of people make the mistake, they go onto a gravel road and then they want to drive at 100 kilometers an hour in 4x2, even if they have a 4x4. Four four. That means that in an emergency situation, if they had to suddenly steer their vehicle, their vehicle wouldn't want to turn because now you've got the rear wheels in most cases pushing you and you're trying to turn your wheel, your front wheels. Those rear wheels are just pushing them and the front wheels are not pulling in the direction. And they're not want. really perceiving the gravel road as 4x4 four four country. They're perceiving it as... Because your vehicle's still in 4x2 mode. Yeah. So just having that four front wheels actually connected to the drive, when your wheels turn, your vehicle will want to turn in, in that direction. So if the front wheels are in not connected in 4x2 four, in four mode, then you'll have understeer, what we call understeer. Your vehicle doesn't want to steer as much as you want it to do. And when you've got 4x4, four four, you'll have proper steer, and in some cases a little bit oversteer, which is great. You can actually do that, but you'd risk rolling your vehicle much less if you've got it in full 4x4 four four mode. So now... In 4x4 on a gravel road, you will want to deflate your tires to give a little bit more comfortable ride, but still have enough air in to cushion you if you're traveling at speed. So the recommended speed would be 100 kilometers an hour, and the recommended tire pressure for that 70 profile tire would be 1.5 bar. So it's quite a... A it's drastic a drop. drop from 2.4 But when you go and practically 1. do it, 5. I actually challenge people to go and do that. You see that it's not as visually. much as you think Okay. visually. You've still got a lot of air in your tire that will absorb any impact you might get. But you've now just increased your grip and control on the gravel road by, by a lot. The other thing that happens is, have you ever experienced that corrugation on the gravel road? Yes, that you, dreadful... You feel like your fillings are coming yes. out from all the shaking. Now, if you if you deflate your tyre, that goes away because now your tyre can cover one or two of those bumps rather than just one than at just a time. Than just the one at a time. And in actual fact, the corrugation is actually created by people driving on the gravel road with hard tyres. Mm. And that makes it worse and worse and worse. And if people just drove on that same gravel road at speed with softer tires, there would no would be no corrugation. So that's your tire pressure number two for long distance gravel road. Obviously it doesn't make sense to go hundred meters and deflate your of tires. Of course to not. One point five. You've got to be But we're talking logical the, about it. The Kalahari or Botswana trip Yes, use or, your common yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and then 
the third tire pressure is for all serious off-road conditions so now when you put your vehicle into low range and you're driving the slow off-road stuff and that tire pressure we recommend 0.8 bar now a lot of people will tell me that's too low but i'm gonna cut my sidewall i'm gonna just from experience we've tested it and a lot of conditions and that's the most practical tire pressure for most conditions also considering that in low range you're never going to exceed 30 kilometers an hour exactly so now we'll maybe in our next section we'll talk about why you need to reinflate and why pump is important but we're just talking about the recommended pressures for each section now um that sounds great yeah and I think you and Gary in your next episode can also chat more about the 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 equipment, you know, that that goes with all this inflating and yes, deflating so and one of, one of the best things to the, invest the, in. The, the first the, things the, you should invest in, in your four by four is a proper tire gauge and the air compressor to reinflate your tires. Obviously, yeah. But thank you, Vili. And um listeners are my witness. Soon soon we Hopefully going to have a little practical session out there and I don't exactly know where out there is and I hope it's not too not too steep. <laughs> but it would actually be brilliant to apply the knowledge and just get a feel for what it is that we're talking about in, in reality. No, so, 100%. Excellent. We're definitely going to apply that somewhere proper. Thank you, Vili. Take care. Thanks.